you're uh, on a boat. My name is Steve Courtney, and I am always happy to be joined by my partner. What's your name? Jamie Edmonds. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> a pleasure. I uh, haven't seen you in a while there, Jamie. Everything well? Everything's good. Everything's good. I'm wondering about your dental work. How are you? Uh, it is all coming to a close tomorrow. A nice uh, cleaning and then uh, on to another doctor and I am the capable hand. She is going to fix Uncle Steve and all will be good. But I'll tell you what, it has been a road. So uh, I'm actually, you know, no one ever looks forward to going to a periodontist. By golly, I am. Just the way it goes. <laughs> Well, what did we call your last show, The Jordan Game, for you? Yeah, it was uh, something. That was uh, unbelievable. I will not bore you with the details uh, because there's plenty of excitement to talk about. But first, we continue. The band is all together. Uh, this show produced by the one, the only, Nicholas Roddy. What up, dog? How's it going? You all right? Yeah. One more football game left. It's kind of sad. It is. Because then we go into that lull where everybody just kind of looks at each other and says, well, what are we, what are we supposed to do now? And I don't know. What, oh. we got to hang out with our families? March Madness? <laughs> March Madness is right around the corner, Steve. It Scratch is, Blake. <laughs> Once again, the voice of reason. How you doing, lad? Uh, I, uh, I apologize to Jamie before the show. Oh, I, uh, I went 0-2, and I'm no longer allowed to make fun of Jamie for her picks. Thank you. Thank you. I went one and one. Jamie went one. I, I don't deserve to just act like I'm some great gambler when I can't pick two games right. Well, have you really ever been in that position? <laughs> to <laughs> you say know, otherwise? I was having a good playoffs, <laughs> and then this weekend was just horrible. I don't want to be the one to bring it up, but Uncle Steve was 2-0. and oh. <laughs> Well, that's I should have followed your right. picks. I should have followed your picks, apparently. Nick, what'd you do? Uh, I was one and one as well as Jamie. Uh, yeah, I had Kansas City and San Francisco. So, all right. Well, I had the Eagles and the Bengals. Yeah, everyone, I get it. I'm the worst. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, listen. Don't you worry about it. You know what? There's tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day, there, Blake. Yeah, but there's only one football game left, as Nick said. Now, listen. Just go all in. <laughs> yeah, if you want to win big, you got to bet big, buddy. Right. Responsibly, of course. Yeah. Uh, the road to Super Bowl 57 has officially been paved, obviously, uh, with what went down the uh, Eagles knocking off the 49ers early yesterday, 31 7. And then, of course, the nightcap had the Chiefs upending the uh, Bengals in a thriller. 2320. Uh show of hands. Uh I would imagine everybody uh just felt horrible for Joseph Asai. Uh he had himself a ball game. Five tackles, one for loss. He had a pass deflection, two quarterback hits, and then it is a play that he will not soon forget. Yeah, 15 yards closer, and you saw Asai on the bench uh, after for quite a while. A couple of teammates walking by and, um, you know, hitting him on the shoulder pads and, and, and what have you. You know, it's, it's one of those deals that we see it in sport every once in a while. You really don't want to, but you know what? This is going to take a while to, 
to get away from. I feel bad for him because we're all, we all have the benefit of watching in slow motion. And yeah, he was definitely out and he pushed him unnecessary roughness, whatever. But when you're in the moment and you're trying to re- prevent this guy from getting the first down with the Super Bowl on the line, like I, I feel bad for him. He was just trying to make a play. Well, it was certainly the mistake that led to this. So there you have it. The Kansas City Chiefs on their way to the Super Bowl for the third time in the last four years via that victory. And, uh, you know, it was one of those deals. You really didn't know uh, what kind of shape Patrick Mahomes was going to be in. Uh, He was able to utilize his feet to put them in better position before the late hit. Uh, But I'm doing some light reading today, and apparently – uh, he was hurting something fierce more than really probably anybody knew. Maybe some of his teammates even knew. I mean, it was obvious on some of those plays where he had to go across body and put all his weight on that ankle. It looked bad. Yeah, it was. Uh, it looked a, a, a bit uncomfortable. Uh, and then uh, we find out going in uh, to the AFC Championship that uh, Travis Kelsey uh, was going to be questionable because he tweaked his back. Uh, during this week uh, of practice. Obviously, he was good to go. Seven receptions, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, You can put it down that he will go down in NFL history as, I think, one of the foremost tight ends ever to play the game. Everybody in the building knows he's going to get the ball, but yet he gets open. It's crazy. Yeah, 100%. People just bounce off of him. And how pumped was he at the end talking to the Cincinnati mayor yeah it was uh well let's just refresh everybody's memory oh dear ha <laughs> oh you gotta love it Uh, So now uh, the question, I guess, becomes uh, what is Mr. and Mrs. Kelsey going to do? Mom and dad, because now you've got uh, the Pro Bowl center, Jason, the uh, anchor of that Eagles offensive line, uh, and Travis in Super Bowl 57 in the desert on February 12th. Not to mention you've got Andy Reid going against the team that he remains the winningest coach. That being the Philadelphia Eagles. It's going to be a lot of interesting subplots coming up. I think it's fun. I think it's going to be like one of the main. We're going to see the story a million times. But it's cool. They both won it before. So who's going to get it again? I think it's fun. I, I see the mom wearing like a one of those half jerseys I bet they make for. Yeah, that seems to be all the rage. We're in a situation to uh, root for uh, two different individuals. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, and you would think, uh, with the two weeks now leading up to that Super Bowl, that, that will come in very handy for Patrick Mahomes to, uh, at least get a little bit better, you know, with high ankle sprains, you really never know though. Yeah. I mean, this two week period couldn't come in a better time for him and Travis Kelsey. I just love how all last week. We spent talking about Joe Burrow and where Joe Burrow ranks in the NFL quarterbacks. And 
It's Burrowhead. like Mahomes. Yeah, Burrowhead. It's like Patrick Mahomes didn't exist. He's he went to five straight AFC championship games in his first five seasons as a starting quarterback. And now he's in his third Super Bowl looking for his second Super Bowl win. Can we just let the season play out before we start ranking quarterbacks and Agreed. comparing legacies? No, it's a valid point there, Nick. And and listen, no one loves watching Joe Burrow play more than me. Uh, it's fascinating. And Blake. And, and Blake. I do love Joe Burrow. You know, <laughs> he, he just goes about his business uh, in a different way. Is he cocky? Maybe to some degree, but he's able to back it up. Uh, his life was miserable, I think, in the first half. Kansas City sacked him three or four times. But you know what? He just gets up, goes about his deal, and that's that. I th- There are no guarantees in the National Football League. So you've got the Bengals, for the first time in franchise history, making it to back-to-back AFC championship games. Do they make another? Who the hell knows? I bought in. I got to say, I was one of the people last week. I thought Joe Burrow was undefeated against Patrick Mahomes. You know, this is just going to keep rolling. So... You know, my bad. <laughs> it's it's weird to what Nick was saying, too. Like, it's almost funny how Patrick Mahomes now has been good for long enough that his, like, greatness is almost overlooked. Yeah, it's and like, like news. He's not going to win. The, he probably won't win the MVP this year, and his stats are insane. He's doing it with less around him. He doesn't have Tyreek Hill anymore. And he still just wins and goes to AFC championships, and he's he's incredible. Because he is so creative. I mean, I think that's how he has perhaps redefined that quarterback position. Uh, You know, these flicks and flips and uh, making throws that he has no business making. Uh, He he, he did one yesterday, but his his shin had already touched uh, before he released it. Um, uh, But that is the uh, nature of the beast as it applies to uh, Patrick Holmes. Meanwhile... uh, the 49ers Eagles uh, got things going. And again, you had to feel really, really bad for Brock Purdy. I mean, the season that the dude has had. And the 49ers would end up going to their fourth quarterback of the season. Trey Lance goes down in week two. Jimmy Garoppolo, who probably shouldn't have been a 49er to begin with, uh, he gets in. He uh, uh, leads the 49ers in some winning ways. He goes down. Uh, then we're introduced to uh, uh, Brock Purdy and what he was able to accomplish uh, while on duty. And then he goes down and, you know, it didn't look good from the beginning. And I didn't know the severity of it. Really, nobody did uh, until it was uh, time for him to come back in. You could tell throwing the ball was out of the question. Well, what's he have? A torn UCL in that right elbow? I think it's a big story that he goes down, then Josh Johnson goes down, and they had no other options but to send this injured guy who couldn't throw the football more than five yards back in. I mean, I know that they were on their fourth quarterback, but put Christian McCaffrey back there instead of this poor guy who was in tremendous pain. Well, that's uh, what was being discussed uh, left and right, uh, that Christian McCaffrey. As a matter of fact, they showed McCaffrey uh, loading up with the quarterback helmet to uh, get the signals. Uh, and I think he did run one uh, wildcat uh, formation, but uh, that was that. But, you know, as far as uh, Purdy, you're absolutely right uh, there, James. Uh, he suffered a torn ulnar collateral ligament. Now go back to medical school and you'll 
be able to come up with what that is. In his right elbow, uh, he is seeking a second medical opinion about whether he needs surgery. The injury is expected to sideline Purdy for six months, regardless of his decision on surgery. But again, uh, as we discussed last week, what what does John Lynch do? 49ers general manager uh, with, you got Trey Lance. He is considered to be your guy. Jimmy Garoppolo, as it turns out, thank goodness they had him for a while. Uh, then Brock Purdy. And, you know, it's a, it's a cavalcade of QBs in the city by the bay. I think you get Tom Brady. Ah! <laughs> or just draft someone in the seventh round with, like, the fourth to last pick, whatever they're going to have. It'll, it'll probably work out. Uh, you know, what's interesting here, and uh, we should point out, the Eagles didn't really tear it up here, did they? I mean, it's probably a good thing this team caught the 49ers in the sad state of affairs that they did. Total yards. Uh, the Eagles only had 269 yards, 148 of those on the ground. So. Yeah, I mean, first of all, this game was so boring. So forgive me, but I definitely looked away a couple times when I was at work. But yeah, those 31 points are a bit misleading. Yeah, well, you know what? When you started to see the 49ers just completely, it was a dumpster fire. Uh, you had 11 penalties, 81 yards on the 49ers, just four for 34 uh, for the Eagles. And then, of course, uh, there were ejections and uh, everything else along the way. And that was uh, an ugly thing to see as well. And if I'm the Eagles, I'm telling the team, get back. The last thing you want is any suspensions for the Super Bowl. I know. And a lot of people left the bench. Jalen Hurts was out there. I'm sure nothing comes of that, though. Yeah, from a distance. But uh, we'll talk about Super Bowl 57 coming up in the moments ahead. Meanwhile, lots of other things to discuss with you as we continue with the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. As always, thank you so very much to the wonderful people at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for uh, supporting this radio program known as the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. And uh, we might as well discuss it. Uh, we, this radio program, going to be at Soaring Eagle on Super Bowl Sunday from 4 to 6, taking you right up to it uh, with a uh, plethora of Super Bowl activities. And uh, certainly looking forward to that. Uh, Nick, are we at liberty to discuss some of our uh, very important diplomats? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are going to have uh, former Lion Rob Rubick uh, you have enjoyed Rob's work on Valley Sports uh, with high school football, uh, among other things. Uh, we are also going to have who now? Corey Schlesinger. Wow. They're going to have to make the uh, the door to his room a little bit wider for that neck. Yeah. You know, we saw him a couple of years ago up there, and uh, the dude looks like he could still play. Absolutely. And they're excited to talk Lions, too. I mean, they're gonna, we're going to talk Super Bowl, obviously, but they both brought up to me, hey, we want to talk Lions. Like, we're excited for what's going on in Allen Park with Dan Campbell. So, uh, You were with uh, Chris Renwick uh, in for Guy Gordon and Lomas Brown, the legend, uh, was with him throughout this uh, broadcast Monday. And uh, I was uh, thankful to join you all for a little bit there and, you know, talk to Jamie about it. You know, Lomas plays the game. 
uh, was a lion forever. Uh, and I think there's something different because as I was watching the NFC Championship with my son yesterday, he said, you know, Dad, pretty soon uh, we were watching the uh, championship pr- uh, trophy presentation. He said, pretty soon we're going to be watching this for the Lions. I said, well, from your lips to God's ears. But you know what, Jamie? There is a thought that you know we're not as far away from something like this as perhaps we were, well, a year or two ago. I mean, it is kind of exciting. I got chills when you said that, that wouldn't that be amazing if the Lions could do that and be on that stage? But why not? I mean, the division isn't going to be as good as it was last year. You know, we don't know where Aaron Rodgers is going. The Bears are the Bears. They're considering Justin Fields' trade, maybe. I mean, the Lions could absolutely take the division and then host a playoff game. Let's start there. Yeah, I I almost don't want it because I was texting my friends last night after that Osai penalty. And I was saying, what if that was the Lions? Like, what if that's the way oh. they lost the playoffs? Oh. It would break Lions fans everywhere. Well, you know what? It's as a Lions fan, I can't even say clearly because we've never made it to a Super Bowl. So we can't say that we've been to the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. We know what the lowest of lows has been like. Um, but even talking to low today, Nikki, about the overwhelming optimism for the way this team slash organization is heading. I mean, obviously, there is a lot of optimism in the offseason. And unlike years before, it's not misplaced. Because I think Brad Holmes has a plan. Dan Campbell has a plan. Uh, I certainly hope they use number 5 and 18 in April's draft on defense, but that's just me. Um, But there is a lot of excitement. And at this particular point in time, going into a Super Bowl, I think that's pretty damn cool. I think you're going to have plenty to talk about on Super Bowl Sunday about the Lions. There's this excitement going on for this regime, which is new as well, because even when the Lions were good under Caldwell, there wasn't this excitement. I didn't I didn't feel that. No, it, you know, there was optimism and it was fleeting. Um, yeah. Now you read thread after thread on the old Internet there that the NFC North is going to go through Detroit for a while. Now, hopefully that's the case. Again, there are no guarantees, but. Just to have this rabid excitement uh, amongst the Lions fan base, which is about as loyal as it gets in the National Football League, is pretty cool. Uh, unfinished business here as it applies to Joseph Asai. Uh, this is interesting. Bengals linebacker Jermaine Pratt uh, expressed contrition for his reaction that went viral after the team's AFC Championship game lost to the Chiefs. As Pratt, you see, uh, entered the visitors' locker room at Arrowhead. Uh, Pratt was spotted by Spectrum News Ohio yelling, why would you touch the effing quarterback? Referencing Osai's penalty, obviously. Uh, He would go on to say later, I was in the moment. I was wrong. I would say I was wrong. As a man, you look at yourself in the mirror and say, I was wrong. I wasn't a great teammate in that moment. That doesn't define me as a man. So, a lot of emotions. Yeah, I mean, you're just both guys were in the moment trying to make a play, trying to go to the Super Bowl. It's fine. And uh, while we have uh, our uh, focus on the National Football League, uh, Kellen Moore released as the offensive coordinator of the 
Dallas Cowboys, was not unemployed long. He uh, is the new OC with the Los Angeles Chargers. And the NFL uh, has told teams the cap will be a record $224.8 million next year. So there's that. Uh, Nick, you're the business guy. Uh, how significant is this? More, uh, more, more geetles for uh, NFL teams. Nick's to throw a capologist. <laughs> he he dabbles. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I would I would trust Blake with uh, spending money more than uh, myself with uh, like NFL NFL dollars. Hey, yeah. I'm pretty good at spending money. Yeah, let's get, let's throw to Jamie for that. <laughs> so it's a sixteen and a half million dollar increase from this season, which is significant. So, I mean, yeah, it's I mean it's at least another starter for each team, but everyone gets it. Well, the uh, business of the NFL is uh, obviously pretty darn good. Now, uh, the officiating, it's another story. Uh, you go to the uh, Bengals Chiefs game, uh, the extra down. Uh, you know, I understand reading right before leaving uh, to come in tonight uh, that somebody has looked at the replay and clearly there was a linesman waving their arms to blow off the play uh, before it ever happened, the one in question. So there's that. But still, uh, there was a lot of head scratching going on. And Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, he didn't know what the hell was happening. It was crazy in the moment. I mean, why did they get that extra play when you're in the moment, you're thinking that? Then they get a whole new set of downs because of the penalty. Yeah, it's, look, the officiating, uh, and it's always magnified in the postseason. And this goes back to the horrific job in the Seahawks-Rams game. And that caught the attention of a lot of NFL brass. It's embarrassing. Uh, With as much stock that is put into this money-making machine, to have it like this is not good. And now what's happening? You are starting to mess with the integrity of the game. And that's what the Shield is supposed to want to protect most. I don't understand how, with all this money, they they don't have, you know, people in New York watching every game. I mean, we're just viewers, and we could see the replays if someone's in or out, if its foot is out. And they can't call the, you know, referees and say, hey, he's out. Well, I think they're going to have to redefine uh, what is challengeable and what isn't. But then I think we discussed it last week, James, that you're going to get into a situation where games are going to go seven hours uh, because, you know, everything is. But don't you want to get it right? I, I mean, do. Of course. So there's that aspect of the whole thing. Uh, the missed calls in the Seahawks-Rams tilt, horrible because it did affect somebody else's playoff aspirations, and that's garbage. Agreed. So, anyway, we'll see. Uh, Various and sundry coming your way. Uh, College hoops, the Red Wings, the Pistons, that kind of thing. We've got you covered. Leave it here. It's the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. You know, just a thought on officiating. Uh, Should we be concerned uh, for the industry uh, in general? Uh, I mean, I know the Michigan High School Athletic Association is constantly looking for officials. Uh, it is uh, getting perilous to, uh, you know, the uh, fall football programs. Obviously, uh, you know, there's a shortage of baseball umpires. And I think the trickle down is where does the talent pool 
for eventual collegiate officials, let alone the National Football League, where does it all come from? Nobody wants to do it anymore. Well, that's definitely true for high school. I've done that story a million times for television. Um, and that's because people don't want to get yelled at and berated by parents. But I digress. I think the NFL needs to hire full-time referees and officials and train them. Yeah, that's been uh, discussed for a, a long, long time. And for some reason, uh, the NFL is uh, not on board with that thought. Um, yeah, this is something that Matt Charbonneau, for, who uh, covers Michigan State for the Detroit News, tweeted Does out. a fine job, too. So John Higgins, he says, is calling today's MSU-Purdue game, which was yesterday, that tipped at 12.15 Eastern. He also worked Cal at Stanford on Saturday night that tipped at 10 p.m. So he refereed two games that tipped off 14 hours apart from each other. Yeah, I saw Matt's tweet on that, and it's like, are you kidding me? I mean, then there's the travel in between and and, and whatnot. How can you have the wherewithal uh, once you get to West Lafayette? Um, I, I, You know, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of things going on, you know, as far as, you know, parents not letting the kids play football because of the concussion situation. We're talking about the officials here. And, and you know, I, I, I think we've gotten to a point that if you're an NFL official worth your weight in salt, you're seeing Gene Steratore in the TV booth probably making a nice dime with nowhere near the aggravation. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. Why are they so against the full-time situation? They would have to spend money. I don't. There's plenty of money to go around. Well, uh, uh, the the thought is, and this is the way that it's been forever. You know, these referees and other officials, they have other jobs. They're like attorneys, accountants, this, that, the other thing. And the NFL is always like, well, okay, we use you during the football season. We appreciate it. You know, to make them full-time. Uh, would take, obviously, a lot more dough. And the thought is, well, what the hell do they do during the off season? How much training can you possibly do? But it doesn't matter. It's a billion-dollar industry. I agree. Yeah. and With a B. Just, <laughs> but they all look like retired attorneys and retired businessmen. They're all – can we get some younger officials in there? You know, I, I – Wait a minute. Who can keep up with the game? Nick, are you bringing this conversation to fat shaming the I'm officials? <laughs> no, he's age shaming. No, it's age, totally he's different. An ageist. Uh, now, with baseball umpires, I could see the argument. Holy macanoli. Uh, but, well, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know what the resolution is, but the NFL has got to fix it. Uh, and let's start in the offseason by figuring out just what the heck roughing the passer is. Uh, I mean, you can't, how, how do you defend? You can't do anything. And then you get called. Yeah. Or nothing's called when it should have been. I mean, look, the Eagles scored on their first possession yesterday. And that was a play that, you know, Sirianni knew, you know, and he rushed that play along on that fourth down conversion because he knew it wasn't a completion. And Shanahan was like, uh, you know, what, what do I do? What I, and, and, and it stands. So there you go. But how many eyes do you have looking at that play? And nobody saw that. I, I, I wondered about the people upstairs. Was it just too quick that they couldn't get an answer down fast enough? 
Well, you could tell, you know, body language, if if the team is hurrying to the line to get the next playoff, there right. is uh, something afoot. Somebody knows something. So anyway, uh, certainly uh, a topic to keep an eye on. Uh, all right, let's take a look at the Red Wings, shall we? They are coming off the 2 nothing loss on Long Island to the Islanders on Friday night. That, my friend, snapped a two-game win streak. The Red Wings now officially at the All-Star break. All-Star game going on Saturday, February 4th in beautiful Sunrise, Florida, home of the Florida Panthers. The All-Star skill, uh, skills competition will be going down Friday, February 3rd. Show of hands amongst the uh, fine and distinguished panel here. Does anybody give the NHL All-Star game skills competition the time of day? I do. Okay. I like the skills competition. Over I do the as game. well. I do as well. It's my opinion, much like the Pro Bowl, it just shouldn't be played. Uh, the NHL's All-Star game is nowhere near the hockey uh, the way it's supposed to be. Uh, there's no defense. There's no checking. There's no hitting of any sort. So why play it? Well, that's the question in all these All-Star games, isn't it? Well, thank God the NFL wisened up because I can't tell you the last time I watched even a half hour of a Pro Bowl. It just got to be stupid. Now, Blake, you you probably uh, you probably hey, get the line on that, on the don't Pro you? Bowl. <laughs> uh, you do. There has been there has been. I've never been on the Pro Bowl. No, but are we doing picks at the end? Who are you taking in the uh, flag football game? Wow. <laughs> is there a line on that? I'm gonna look right now. Oh my god! I hope there is. I'm gonna bet it. <laughs> You know what? That's what I like about you, Blake. Just get right back on the horse for crying out loud. Can't knock me down. <laughs> uh, now, Dylan Larkin, here's how it works, uh, in case you're wondering what the format is of the All-Star game these days. You get a representative from each team, plus 12 voted in by the fans. Obviously, the Red Wings will be represented by the captain, Dylan Larkin. Uh, the four divisions get together in a single elimination tournament. If your division takes it all, you win a $1 million prize. That's pretty much it. certainly makes it more interesting. I agree. I mean, you know, they've tried so many different factions of this thing, all of them coming up woefully short, but uh, maybe this one's a little bit more entertaining. Red Wings will host the Edmonton Oilers on February 7th at 7.30. The Red Wings at the All-Star break, 21-19-8, 50 points, Sixth in the Atlantic Division. They are seven points out of the second wild card spot. Washington uh, with the uh, first one. They have 58 points. Pittsburgh, your Penguins there, James, uh, at yeah, number two with 57. Good. It's not good in Pittsburgh. Everyone's really upset. But they actually might miss the playoffs. But the Red Wings have a shot. They have a shot, but they have to stack some wins. There's 34 games to go. Yeah, they got to get hot. I mean, they need to... Uh, Get back to uh, the winning ways of earlier in the year. They need to win five, six, seven in a row. Do they have the capability of doing that? I think they do. Um, but at the same time, uh, you can't go into any funks. I mean, the, the the margin of error right now for this hockey club is very small. Agree. Blake, what were you telling me? You can't you can't bet on the There's Pro Bowl. No line for the flag football game. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. You know. Something tells me you're going to start one, though. Yeah. Everyone just send me five bucks. Uh, the uh, sure. Pistons 
They are a 13 and 38 ball club right now, coming off the 117 114 loss to the Rockets. They're 12 and 38 for crying out loud. Uh, that was at LCA Saturday night. The Pistons now have lost eight of their last 10. They will be in Dallas 8:30 tonight, as a matter of fact, to take on the 26 and 25 Mavericks. Uh, right now, Dallas, the seventh seed in the Western Conference. So I mean, they played the worst team in the league and didn't beat them. So that's where we're at with the Pistons. Yeah, it's been uh, kind of a tough watch. Uh, we've discussed it ad nauseum. Uh, feel for uh, Dwayne Casey. Feel bad for the team because I think the expectations that they themselves had uh, going to this year have completely imploded. Um, all you can say is the uh, younger talent, uh, you know, getting some valuable playing time. And, uh, you know, Cade Cunningham, he leaves. Uh, hated to see that. So, uh, again, the battle cry for Pistons fans. Well, you know, wait till next year, I guess. Victor Wemben, what's his name? Nick? Webinyama? Yeah, I think that's it. Webinyama. Yeah, Webinyama. Close enough. Yeah, well, anyway, that's what you have to look forward to. Maybe the number one pick again. All right, we'll take a quick look at uh, college hoops and wrap this thing up as we continue with the sports book here on 760 WJR. All right, so my Spartans, I'm thinking, man, what a great day this would be for Magnum T.I. and the Spartans to go to West Lafayette and just knock off El Numero Uno, the Purdue Boilermakers. Um, you know, the Zach Eady. Uh, just don't know what to make of this guy. Uh, 38 points. Uh, as the Boilermakers upend the Spartans, 77-61. It was on January 16th, MLK Day, by the way, in East Lansing. He finished with then uh, career-high 32 points to go along with 17 boards. Um, it was just one of those deals. And I know, uh, talking to Tom Izzo on the Paul W. Smith Show this morning, uh, he said pretty much the same as he said after the game, if one player gets 70 points in two games, you can't blame your players for that. You got to blame the coach. Um, I don't. I don't know about that. You got to blame the seven-five dude that's on Purdue. You know, I think the only thing that combats seven-four is seven-four plus. Right. Uh, and they don't have anybody. They tried everything with Maddie Sissoko, uh, Jackson Kohler, Carson Cooper. Uh, you know, to the Spartans' credit, they uh, cut the twenty-point. Uh, second half deficit to 10 on two occasions and just couldn't get over the hump. Um, you know, but, you know, the Zach Eady kid, you know, I, I remember watching him last year, and I don't even know if he grew into that frame of his, but I think he's much more athletic this year. Um, but when you're 7'4", how athletic do you have to be? <laughs> well, I mean, you could just sort of put your – arm up and score I would assume but I watched a story on one of the national networks that he didn't even start playing basketball till much later in life he played hockey or something yeah he's a Canadian hockey's his first love and uh I think that's the law up there but uh <laughs> you know I kind of make the comparison to when my grandsons were in town this past summer I lowered the rim on the hoop in my backyard Yep. to like seven feet, and I was just slamming right over him. <laughs> I was showing no mercy. And, well, yeah, it's like that. And that's kind of like what Zach Eady has to feel like from time to time. Uh, 
Plus, it was one of those deals uh, that you got, sadly, uh, no production from Joey Hauser. Uh, you know, that's uh, the thing that probably hurt the most. Um, this guy has been, you know, Mr. Consistency of late. Um, the Spartans just don't have any leeway. Everybody has to play on their game. They don't have that much depth. So when you don't, then you get beat. Let's see. A.J. Hogard, uh, 20 points to go along with six assists. Um, the good news, uh, yeah, Joey Hauser had just three points on one of four shooting, uh, but he also led with five boards. So uh, not a real good example of what Joey Hauser is all about. Uh, but I think what's very important for Tom and the uh, Spartan team is this. They get a little bit of a break. They're actually going to be able to practice because they're not back in action until Saturday at Madison Square Garden, a noon tilt against the tough Rutgers club. And I know Tom is looking forward to having some of that team time, for crying out loud, because they've been going at it pretty good. Uh, Michigan, meanwhile, uh, they fall hard uh, in Happy Valley, 83-61. Juwan Howard and the uh, Wolverines now have lost five of their last seven. Uh, they are 11-10 overall, 5-5 five and five in conference play. They're going to be at Northwestern for a 7 o'clock start on Thursday night. And uh, before I forget, all the best to MSU uh, women's coach Susie Merchant. Uh, sad to hear that uh, Coach Merchant was in a single car uh, minor crash on Saturday morning. And uh, she was in the hospital. Uh, Tom talked about it this morning. Uh, she's doing good, uh, getting better. They were running tests and uh, everything. So uh, thoughts and prayers with uh, Coach Merchant and her family. Yeah, she's a, a great lady. So. Good luck. All right. Now, here's the deal. Uh, just quickly here in the time that we have left, uh, a little preview. Uh, February 12th, Chiefs-Eagles, State Farm Stadium, Glendale, Arizona. Uh, as it stands right now, uh, and Blake, uh, you said that this thing opened as a pick em, Yes. And right now, the Eagles are favored by a point and a half. Your thoughts? I want the Chiefs to win so bad. Why? I don't understand. I that the game yesterday for whatever reason I think it's the Philly fans which we all know are were are trash as it is. Uh don't they, hold back. <laughs> yeah, they were just they were just like celebrating like they just won the Super Bowl. They beat a dude that had one arm. And the one arm wasn't the one that he throws with. Yes, but imagine the Lions winning any sort of playoff game. It'll yeah. be like that. I, I haven't they, had those. They've won dreams. a Super Bowl recently, so I, I feel yeah, like exactly. the fans should expect better. And I'm rooting for Mahomes now that Joe Burrow's out. <laughs> I, and, and I've never been a big Jalen Hurts guy. I don't know what it is. There's just something about him. Not a fan. You know what? I I, I am, and I think it became more pronounced yesterday. I am just a big Andy Reid guy. Oh. Yeah, he's fun. I'd like to play for that dude. He just seems like he's a, a good, solid football guy that you'd like to play for. So what if he draws a mustache on me when I fall asleep? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, well, there's a storyline there, him going against his former team. Yeah, and uh, it's crazy. Uh, he had so much success there in Philadelphia. Um, still the winningest coach in franchise history. I'm sure he has some, uh, you know, still some great relationships there. Uh, but it was one of those deals that he spent so much time in Philly. 
when he took the job in Kansas City, and I, the first time I saw him in red, it was like, what the hell's happening here? Yeah, it looked weird. Yeah, and uh, so then the Kelsey brother thing, too, is going to be a great story along the way. And uh, Jason is a little bit more reserved than Travis. So there, I'm sure there's going to be some very nice segments. Did you hear Jason's Christmas song or his Christmas album? No. It was great. Really? It was fantastic. Is it country? No. <laughs> he has a beautiful voice. What? Wow. Is this for real? Yeah, I'm not kidding. Him and the, a bunch of the Eagles players like did a bunch of Christmas songs. I know well, it's a little late maybe, for now. But. Yeah, maybe you can find some and we can play it next week. Folks, we are out of time. Thanks for listening to the Sportsbook on WJR.